On today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, expectations for tonight's game. Which players are under the most pressure and have we seen the last of Ross Blacklock? We also dive into the YouTube comments. Cody, you know why they're here. Let's not hold them any longer. Start the show. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, the guys at Bright Cold Jewelry Insurance made buying insurance for your engagement ring, your watch, or whatever that you really love easy to cover just in two minutes on a phone call. You won't find a better deal of coverage that's on the coverage, excuse me, that's affordable. Go to bright.com forward slash locked on john hickman cody davis it's thursday it's game day texas hmm. take on the 49ers later this season i will be at that game we'd like to say before we talk about the houston texans i want to talk about this houston weather are you gonna rain or are you not <laughs> what are you doing like the weather machine man if you are a fan of the locked on texas podcast I'm all for some rain right now, mm-hmm. but make your mind up. Don't give us 15 to 20 minutes and move on. Pointless. <laughs> Don't let it rain up out here, man. Cody, we got uh, some expectations for t- tonight's game uh, against the 49ers. And um, listen, the coaching staff led by Lovey Smith has already said that we are going to see starters tonight. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see some, you know, Stingley. We're going to see some Pierce. We're going to see Mills. We're going to see – uh, Cooks is Cook. You've been out there. Is Cook going to be? Is is he playing tonight? Yes, sir. Cooks will be playing tonight. Cooks will be playing. So we're going to see some guys out there. Keon Green is going to be out there. Uh, and, and what my expectation for tonight is, honestly, Cody, I want to see Houston reproduce some good running, hmm. like they did against the Saints. Specifically, I want to see Damian Pierce tote the rock. I'm sorry. Um, I really believe in that young man as a player. And by the way, Arian Foster's birthday was yesterday on 824. 824, also Mamba Day. Shout out hmm. my boy Kobe. Um, but it was Arian Foster's birthday. A lot of the highlights popped up, and I was looking at Arian Foster play, and I was like, this is what Houston, Houston needs desperately here on this offense. And Damian Pierce could very well be that guy. So I want to see some Pierce. I really want to see him run the ball effectively and well. But outside of running, I want to see him be used in the passing game somehow, some way. Whether it's a design check down or Davis Mills or whoever's at quarterback is just trying to find some room to make a play. If Damian Pierce is there, I would love to see him catch a ball, catch a pass here and there, and make some plays in the air game as well as the ground. So that is one of my biggest expectations that I'm looking forward to. And honestly, we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but I would like to see Ross Blacklock play some good football, see if he have an opportunity to secure himself a spot on this team. Yeah, and unfortunately, I hate to break your heart, but Ross probably isn't going to play tonight. Um, Given what Lovey Smith had to say um, following practice on Tuesday, he said it's up in the air, but, you know, given what he said, I'm not expecting to see Ross Blacklock tonight. Hopefully I'm wrong because, like you mentioned, John, we're going to talk about it later on in the show. But, you know, 
I have two things that I really want to see in tonight's game. First and foremost, I want to see the Houston Texans defensive line continue their dominance. And not only that, John, listeners and viewers, I want to see them be even better. And yes, I understand that this is a defensive line unit that has recorded or defensive front seven that has recorded 11 sacks over the last two preseason games. However, Tonight, we're going to see Mario Addison, Malik Collins, and Jerry Hughes. You're talking about three guys who are going to be That's very big. beneficial to the Houston Texans defensive line. And I'm looking at this from a standpoint, okay, if y'all can go out there and get 11 sacks without those three guys, and you're talking about a guy, Mario Addison, who is coming off a season with the Buffalo Bills, who have recorded seven sacks. And look, we already know the type of disruption that Collins can bring to a defensive front. I'm expecting this defensive line unit to look even better. You add those three guys in, especially with the talent that you already put out there on the field. Plus, you know so good and well the San Francisco 49ers are going to start their entire offensive line unit. If they can go out there and still rack up someone in the ballpark of three to seven sacks, then we are definitely looking at this team and saying to themselves, going into the 2022 campaign, that defensive line unit is a monster for other teams to deal with. Another expectation that I have, John, listeners and viewers, John, you reported it on yesterday. 49ers quarterback Trey Lance will play all oh, yeah. of the first half. Oh, yeah. And, and as long as he's out there on the field, on the opposite side of that line of scrimmage, I want to see Derek Stingley Jr., this is a guy who only played 15 snaps against the Los Angeles Rams last Friday. He he looked decent, but I want to see more. One catch, 22 yards, and, and I think that was some miscommunication between he and the safety, but he looked good. Yeah, 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 he, he did. And look, I want to see more. This is a guy, like we say here on, a lot on Locked On Texans, if the Houston Texans want him to take the helm as as their number one cornerback, they need to make sure that he has that he's in somewhat of game shape. Not only that, John, listeners and viewers, I truly do believe that it is very important for Stingley to go out there and get some reps in against another starting quarterback not named Davis Mills. I mean, you take a look at Trey Lance. Yeah, you're looking at a guy who is what. He, he he possibly represent majority of the quarterbacks that Stingley is going to be playing against throughout this year. So I think that's very important. And of course, the last biggest expectation that everybody wants to see is just better production from that offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and I and I want to go you I want to use that and go directly to the source in Pep Hamilton. I would love to see mm -hmm. some creative play calling. Uh, the, the offensive players have been mentioning throughout the last week and a half, two weeks, that, well, they are not presenting everything that they've been working on because they want to keep some of these things under wraps behind closed doors. But I think if you're going to get a starter in Trey Lance playing, if your starters are going to be out there, if the 49ers mm -hmm. starters are going to be out there, then why not, right? This will give you probably before the season actually starts – this game is going to give you the best idea of what you can and can't do and the things that you may need to work on. So why not do it? So Pep Hamilton, you know, my challenge to you as a play caller is to call the call. Uh, I'm sorry, play call the plays. I'm sorry. Just, but call the plays. Um, and, and not only does he have to call them, but the players have to execute. Hmm. And they haven't had Brandon Cooks on the field. Brandon Cooks is phenomenal for this offense. 
and he is a big reason why they may or may not be able to move the ball. I think when you insert Brandon Cooks into this lineup, then we'll see a more disciplined, we'll see a more effective pass game with the, with the Houston Texans. My last thing I'm looking forward to is just the defense continuously uh, continually being dominant like how they've been. Mm-hmm. And kudos to head coach Levy Smith, who said he was going to continue to call plays. This defense has looked good. Shout out to Miles Smith. The linebacker group has been looking good as well. Lovey Smith's son. Uh, the Houston Texans did release Fabian Monroe, the DB. They cut him on Wednesday um, to get that number down. I'm starting to get those numbers down. Fabian Monroe was a player I thought Houston was going to move on from after preseason game one. Uh, he just didn't have a good performance. And so, as of right now, you got Stingley, Nelson, King, Smith, Graylin Arnold, hmm. um, Tavier Thomas, who's on IR, Jalen Pitree, Jonathan Owens, Eric Murray, and Terrence Brooks as your DBs right now. Once again, Locked On listeners, the guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance made buying insurance for your engaged Marine, your watch, or whatever you love, very easy to get in just a two-minute phone call. You won't find a better deal on coverage that's affordable, so please go to bright.com forward slash locked on. Again, go to bright.com forward slash locked on. Thanks again for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. It is Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked On Podcast Network, so go make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Fantasy expert Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. And continue here on this Thursday game day installment of Locked On Texans. John, I think we only have one more game day Thursday edition of Locked On Texans later on in the year. I believe it's the game against the Philly. uh, Philadelphia Eagles, which is, the, which is the day that they're going to introduce their battle red helmets. I cannot wait to see that, man. I hope – Really quick, have they put out the uniform scheme? They said they was going to wear the wear them with their battle red jersey. No. But everybody wants all white. No, and the, the day all that they white. and the day that they debuted their helmet during training camp practice, I believe it was day 5. I think Jalen Peacher was making a statement cuz he had the whole white practice gear and it's like They bro. need to wear the all white with the day's loaf in the background. Try me. <laughs> Let's get back to talking about Ross Blacklock, Cody. Was it the last time, last game we saw him? Is that going to be the last time we see him as a Houston Texan? Or is there some hope, light at the end of the tunnel? Don't know. Plain and simple. You know, as we just talked about, as we just alluded to, um, according to what Lovey Smith had to say on Tuesday, uh, it doesn't seem like we're going to have an opportunity to see Ross Blacklock um, in tonight's game against the San Francisco 49ers. And John, um, after going back and taking a look at that game against the Los Angeles Rams on Friday, um, going back to everything that you and I talked about, how deep this defensive line unit is, what, as of right now, like I said, they have, what, 13 and 14 players. And out of those 13 and 14 players, that's like 10 that can really be beneficial to that defensive line unit. And Ross Blacklock was the guy that's on the bubble. We already know um, – you know, how tough the first two years in the NFL has been on him. And, John, with all that being said, I was really hoping that we did see Ross Blacklock in tonight's game because I really felt that – 
his production tonight would have determined whether or not he was going to be a part of this 53-man roster. And, you know, given a strong possibility that we would not see him tonight, that's it's, it seems like it's leaning more towards the point that we are not going to see him suit up for the Houston Texans again. I mean, I won't. I, I don't think they're going to cut him. I would not be surprised if they do end up trading him. However, with Ross Blacklock's future uncertain as of right now, there are other players like Eric Murray that I'm looking at and I'm saying to myself, if you don't play well tonight, your career, at least as a member of the Houston Texans, could be over. Listen, and I think I speak for a lot of people in the Texan fan base community when I say that even if Eric Murray has a good game tonight, <laughs> uh, I just don't think that he should be a part of the Texan organization anymore. And this is not nothing, anything personal, but Eric Murray has never lived up to the unfathomable contract <laughs> that he received under Bill O'Brien. And I think was, was it O'Brien and Brian Gain that gave him that or was it just O'Brien? Of course. Uh, O'Brien was somewhere in there. I think I think I think it was the year O'Brien was the sole general manager. I think it was that year. See, he's never lived up to that contract that was was he was very overpaid. And and shout out to him, he got his money, so I'm not mad at that. Uh and on top of that, there's never been high moments, good moments with Eric Murray at safety. I think that we may have had more good moments with Lonnie Johnson at safety than Eric Murray. And that speaks a lot because one of those guys are not the same, meaning they're not with this franchise anymore. But to talk about Ross Blacklock, Ross is a player that I think coming into this offseason, he already had a lot going against him. Mm -hmm. Right? They drafted Thomas Booker, drafted Roy Lopez last year, brought back Malik Collins, right? brought in the likes of Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. They invested in that D-line. And every time that they invested in that D-line, it kind of felt like Ross was just getting pushed in the back of the line. And for Ross, so what a lot of people don't see is the good things that Ross does. Because when you do bad things and when the the, the micro, not the microphone, but the microscope is right on you, it's just always going to look bad. The bad is always going to just be super huge. And the good is always going to just kind of shine bright, especially if you're not giving those numbers to back up the good things that you're doing. But doing practice, Ross was always good. I'm not going to say always, but Ross was a good practice player. During games, Ross did things that you just have to maybe go back and watch that made uh, somebody else's job easier. Like, these are the things that Ross Blacklock does. And so now that we know that he won't be playing this evening, it really sucks because you want to at least give him one more opportunity, and he's dealing with this injury right now. You want to give him one more opportunity to go out there and play and try to put some of the things that he don't do that that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Well, maybe tonight would have been a game where he'd have an opportunity to show up on the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. But it looks like he won't get that. I'm wondering if Houston won't actually cut him, maybe put him on a PUP list, keep him around for some depth maybe later on as, a, as an insurance policy for the defensive line. Who knows? But if I had to go with – my gut feeling right now, I really don't think that we're going to see Ross Blacklock as a Houston Texan moving forward. Hmm. Um, another guy that I'm looking at tonight, and I don't really think that he's going to show much. I mean, he's probably in the worst situation than Ross, and then Ross Blacklock, and that guy is Matt Sharpin. 
I mean, look, Keon Green coming back. You also have Austin Deculus. Um, there is better talent on that defensive front. And when I take a look at Matt Sharpen, even if he does good tonight, John, I really, I really do believe that this could possibly be the last time we see him suit up as a member of the Houston Texans as well. Yeah, and the thing about Sharpen is, he 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 was a, he was another guy brought in with Titus Howard by Bill O'Brien, and I think Brian Gain, where <laughs> it, it was just well, you could have gotten a, this player right here. It just seemed like they had a difficult time drafting guys that would have made this franchise significantly better and they went for whatever they thought was good character guys uh and it just didn't turn out on the field Mark, i think max sharper had a very good rookie year all mm -hmm. things considered but from there um three offensive line coaches since then uh no stability within himself playing at any position in and out of lineup and he just hadn't gotten better he hadn't really you know, prove that he should be a starter uh, because of his play. And so I, I definitely think this will be the last that we see of Max Sharpen. I think that Houston would rather go with Justin McCray and, and hold out and pray that Keon Green is everything that they hoped and wish him to be whenever he, he was drafted here in Houston. And right now I look at that right guard position, which may need a upgrade at depth, not necessarily at starter. Uh, with AJ can, but I think that position is somewhat solidified right now. The left guard position is where they really need Kenyon Green back, and I think they just they just like Justin McCray more than they do Max Sharper because Max Sharper hasn't been good through our practice or the games. Really quick before moving on, <laughs> you saw what we just did there. We talked about Ross Blacklock. We talked about Max Sharpen. And we talked about Lonnie Johnson Jr. We talked about three guys who was a part of that 2019 draft class, which means they were the they, one of they, the worst. One of the worst, but not only one of the worst. You're looking at three guys. Every time we criticize them and critique them, one of the things that we always go back to is the fact that this organization failed this whole entire draft class because they never had stability. They never really had an opportunity to go out there and showcase what they can do given the transgressions of the Houston Texans, um, you know, the Houston Texans front office. And I want to correct myself really quick. Blacklock was a part of the 2020 draft class, not 2019, but still you're looking at three guys to where you can say to yourselves, well, there were times where they showed promise and you just mentioned it, Lonnie Johnson Jr. Um, he was playing really good at safety. Would never understand why this franchise wanted to put him back at corner. But you're looking at three guys to where you think to yourself, had this organization been in a better been in a better shape, maybe all three of these guys would have worked out better as member of the Houston Texans. And I also want to bring that up because look, regardless of what you feel about the Texans, the regime that they have in there right now is going to be very beneficial to the new guys that they have. And I'm talking about guys like Derek Stingley, Jalen Petra, um, Keon Green, Nico Collins, like these young guys that we are seeing are in a better situation than the other young guys that <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're going to be part of this organization too much longer. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at who Houston could have drafted, uh, with you know Lonnie Johnson was pick fifty four, Max Sharpen was pick fifty five, uh, DK Metcalf was available around that time. <laughs> just stop! Just stop! Just stop! 
stop. Just stop it. Just stop. Uh, don't don't go no more. Don't just stop. So you telling me this organization could have had D Hop, who by the way just had a phenomenal one hand touchdown catch during practice yesterday, but you could have had him and DK. Could have had that possibility <laughs> with uh, Will Fuller. Oh, bro, just stop. Los, don't don't Los go. Angeles, don't go. Wait, no, hold on. Los Angeles <laughs> Ram Taylor Rap. He could have been a Houston Texan. I told you, uh, stop. At safety. Just stop talking. Let's just move on to the next topic. It hurts. Uh, wait, no, hold on. Before we do that, because I got to mention this. With the number 86 pick in the third round that year, guess who it was? Kahaley Wearing. The very next pick, Damian Harris. Could have been a Houston Texan. Um, uh, Connor McGovern could have been a Houston Texan. Yeah, it's 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 uh yeah. Quincy Williams could have been a Houston Texan. What I'm getting at is they did a bad job <laughs> of uh of scouting and bringing in talent for this franchise. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this game day edition of Locked On Texans. Really quick, as I mentioned, it wasn't Ross Blacklock who was drafted in 2019. Um, it was Charles Amenehu, another guy that would have been very beneficial to this organization had they, you know, given them some stability and put their younger guys in a better situation. <laughs> but here we are. Would you just? It, it wouldn't be the same. Like you need the chaos. <laughs> Chaos for the Texans have been well worth the watch. Uh, getting to those YouTube comments, this is on the Missing Link podcast we did a couple of days ago. My boy Slow the Roll said, Dare Ogunbowale looked good running the ball against LA Rams. So good they immediately took him out, and he can be the backup kicker. Philadelphia is not giving up Gardner Minshew. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying that he will give up. They will give up Gardner Minshew. I'm saying – the Houston Texan fans uh, would love Gardner Minshew here in, in Houston. Uh, can't pronounce B R I K V A H. Same show said, "Come on, guys, no need to worry. Texans shaping up to be a solid ball club this year. Expecting All Star performances from individual players this Thursday is somewhat irrelevant. The real test." Come September 11 at NRG, go Texan, go Davis Mills. Cody, do you think tonight is irrelevant? No, it would be irrelevant if this was still a championship contender, if this was still a playoff contender team, if this was a team that was led by veterans across the board. And I'm talking about veterans beyond the young man that's under center. I mean, once again, this is an organization that has recorded eight wins over the last two seasons and one of those when they only had four wins last year everybody celebrated because a lot of people expected this organization to win none or at least one game um this is a very important game john listeners and viewers and one of the things that i've been harping on a lot here on this show for almost a year is the development of these young guys and this is another test to see whether or not, especially for this the second and third year class, whether or not the promise and potential is really there. So I understand it's preseason, but we need to see something, especially on that offensive side of the ball. Yeah, man, games with Michael James, he commented on the all-defense podcast. 
Uh, Mills don't have time to waste. If he continues to struggle and doesn't take advantage of his opportunity now in the def- and defense is playing strong but losing games, they will put in Allen for the rest of the season. I don't want to see that because I've been high on Mills. There is mm-hmm. no excuse. He's playing against backups regardless who's out there. He needs to be better. No excuses. Games with Michael James. Uh, you, you got a fan in us. We, listen, I don't think Kyle Allen will be the starter. But if Kyle Allen at any point, if his name starts to bubble up here in Houston, like, well, maybe he should get a start. And he did look. Houston, we have a problem. No no question. And my boy, Every Texas Hatch. Uh, Every <laughs> Texas Hatch. He said, I told you, sports guy. He'd be like that. The offensive line was more important in this draft than any other position Green was extremely important to pick up. Uh, yeah, we just got to see it. Hatch, we just got to see it, man. I, Cody, how many how many times have I mentioned on this show how important an offensive line is and how Houston should have maybe drafted? I should have should have drafted another offensive lineman who has been having a very good preseason so far for mm-hmm. the Chargers. Like, I, I'm a thorough believer in offensive line play, uh, but with, with, with talking about Green – we are on his side. I'm an advocate of Green. I just got to see my boy play. Exactly. Same here. And and that is another expectation I want to see tonight because, like I mentioned on yesterday's show, and we talked about Green returning to this lineup, I haven't seen enough of Keon Green. I'm sorry, John. And when he was out there, he didn't look that great. There were times where he was getting beat by Ross Blacklock. And we're looking at a guy in Blacklock where we are thinking, hmm, are we going to be talking about his release or trade this time next week? So, I, but but look, he's a rookie. I understand he is going to take him a while to get things going. But, you know, the offensive line, it, it can't look no worse. Hopefully it does not. We'll get back with you guys tomorrow as a rev- when we review the Texan game against the 49ers. Follow us on Twitter at under, – uh, at Locked On Texans, excuse me. I don't know what's going on with me today. I'm just sleepy. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texan podcast on YouTube and follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Last preseason game before the start of the 2022 campaign. Make Let's have some fun tonight. This is the last game that you can watch without getting nervous, without fighting, without doing any type of crazy stuff. Hey, Just if y'all enjoy. go to the games, tweet me. I'll be at the game tomorrow, man. Both of us will be there. But Boom. last game that you can just watch and enjoy. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. <laughs>